That's what she said. Hello, everyone. This is Sandra Radvanoski, and you are listening to the CBH Podcast. That's what she said. Yes. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 10th. And it's the morning of the show. We have made it to number four. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we, we didn't know we were going to get here. You know, cancellations are all around us. We're surrounded by cancellations. <laughs> um, the COVID rules of France are, are, the, um, are, are mostly the reason. Uh, yes, some people have actually been ill and unable to perform, uh, but for the most part, it's the rules that are that are knocking a knocking down the shows. But the Don Giovanni cast is here, and we're getting ours in. And I am uh, bound and determined personally to get to thirteen. Uh, I want them all. I want them all. Uh, I'm enjoying each one more. You know those first couple ones. You're like. You're, you second guess yourself, especially in the, you know, the first time you do anything and especially the first time you do anything large and, um, title character and the, and the, and the pressures that come with that and, and a, and a historic role too. You know, there's, there's great people before me that did this role and, and, uh, you know, even the ones that did it here, you know, it's, it's a, uh, quite a list. And so if you're going to be on that list, it, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit intimidating. And so, um, I, I, uh, uh you know, those first couple of performances for me are like in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm in the corner. I've said this before, this sort of out of body experience where you're going, what's next? What's next? What's next? Uh, that, that kind of runs through you. And, and I'm, I'm going to chalk that up to, uh, one week of rehearsal. We sh- didn't, we never had. And then the last seven or eight days of rehearsal where <laughs> effectively everybody was missing. <laughs> we, we never had, you know, everybody on stage at the same time. And, and, uh, even in one of my, you know, one of one of the longest days where we had two orchestra sessions, there was, uh, a coach in, in the, in the opera house on a microphone singing all of Leporello. <laughs> and for those of you who know Don Giovanni, uh, you know that, um, I basically do 90% of my stuff with him. And so there I am out there on the stage all by myself singing to Leporello, who is not there. <laughs> so the stress here has, has been, um, it's not an all-time high, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. And so now that we're hitting the show number four, I feel personally like I'm hitting my stride. I'm no longer thinking about what's next, and it's all coming organically. And that's, uh, that's the way it should be. And in Paris, I'm fortunate in that there's so many performances. And this is something, this is a conversation I've been having all week uh, with, a, with a friend of mine, is the audience. Um, I did a small interview yesterday for something. <laughs> I don't know, I'll let you know. When the interview comes out, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll be reminded of who it is. So I think it's called something like Opera Magazine or something like that. But um, I did an interview and, and, and the guy asked me what it was about singing at the Paris Opera that I love the best. And my answer was immediate. I didn't know the questions beforehand. We only did one take because that's me. One take CVH. And and, um, and you're going to get the, the honest answer. And the honest answer is this. It's the audience. 
the audience here loves it. They love this art form. They want it. It is a part of them. We're staring at 3,200 seats uh, here at the Bastille. That's a lot of seats. And let me tell you, it's sold. They are to the rafters. We come out. It's a big, open, wide stage. There's almost no... Um, we, we have furniture in one scene. Otherwise, it's just open, you know, open set. It's, we're kind of in this courtyard, a, a, a courtyard that keeps sort of turning to be a new place, um, but, it, but it's effectively just a big open um, a platform with a couple of four or five different levels and staircases, and we're just playing this area. And so when you first come out, and the first thing we do is we, Leporello and I walk out during the uh, overture, and I sort of creep up to uh, Donna Anna's house, uh, the first thing I do is have a good look at the house uh, it's it's lit well enough on stage that I can see, um, you know, oftentimes you really can't see past the first couple of rows, but in, in, in the beginning of the show, it's so well lit, uh, I can see, it's funny, I can see the reflection of people's glasses, uh, and I can see white hair, and I can see that going all the way up to the back of the place, and you just feel this buzz, there's an energy in there, there's an energy, that that energy we talked about so much that was missing during COVID, that the magic between the audience and the proscenium, that, that space where something is sizzling. And in here, they have it in spades. There is a magic inside that opera house. And, and when I was asked in the interview yesterday uh, what, what it was about singing in Paris that I love best, and I have to say it is that. It is that palpable energy, electricity, that, um, that truly exists in that space between the audience and the proscenium. And when I come out on that big empty stage, you feel it. That buzz hits you. You know, you're already buzzing backstage. We're, we're kind of climbing the walls in a way, uh, waiting to go out there. It's very difficult to, not, to, to be on the stage and not uh, to be in the wings of the stage. For me, personally, it's very difficult to be in the wings waiting to go on. I, I can't stand it. I don't want to be there. Um, I, I would rather just walk from the dressing room directly onto the set, uh, but <laughs> you're going to make a lot of people nervous if you're living like that. Like <laughs> they need you in place, uh, five minutes minimum before you step out so that there is no issue. Uh, people miss entrances. It happens. And so in an attempt to have no one ever miss uh, their time on stage, they call you early. They want you there early. That's how it works. And so we're back there waiting to go four or five minutes before you actually go. And this time for me, especially at the beginning of the show, before one note has been sung, is um, a very nerve-wracking moment. The uh, adrenaline is pumping, and all you want to do is do your job. You want to be on stage doing it. And so that um, patience in that moment, for me, is incredibly limited. And so I just try to go to this Zen place where I'm where I'm just actively reminding myself of telling the story and what we need to do tonight and the, and the corners we need to think about and the turns that need to happen smoother in places where you need to check in. Like, I'm just trying to go through the checklist of everything that's going to help this show go um, better for me. And to that end, um, uh, it helps, but it's a live moment back there. It's a, uh, very much alive, and, and singers have all sorts of different things. Some people can be very zen and focus and stay calm and stay still. And some people are pacing, hard pacing, <laughs> wiping sweat and, and wiping makeup right off their face before they even get out there. Uh, there's people running lines. What's next? What do I, what's the first thing I have to do? Or they're trying to remember something. Okay, this, this, something went weird here last time. What about that? You know, there, there's just a, you really can't get between 
uh, a singer and what they're about to go do. Um, wh- whatever they're doing backstage, especially in the wings, the 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 nervousness, the the movements, so all those little ritual things, you, you just don't get in their way. <laughs> it's not a it's not a smart time. What's helpful for me uh, is that I have like a lot of uh, accoutrement. You know, I need to I need to make sure that I have money in my pocket. And I need to make sure that there's um, uh, strategically placed water bottles in five different places on the stage, and um, and this gun, this gun that's always plaguing me, you know, because I go between the real gun in the beginning and then a fake gun um, for the rest of the show. Uh, but but I have to have the real gun in a holster. I can't I can't like stick it in the front of my pants. So when it's a, when it's the fake gun, I just sort of like stick it down the front of my pants, you know, mafia style. But um, <laughs> Tony Soprano style, uh, but in but when it's the real gun, it has to be in the holster because uh, the commendatore comes in and he throws me, and I hit the stage hard. And so this real gun can't be loose; it has to be in this holster. Otherwise, um, we run the risk of having the thing go off. Uh, and <laughs> you know, starter charge or no, I don't want that thing <laughs> going off in my pants. <laughs> Too early in the show to <laughs> to have it go off, <laughs> idiot. Uh, and so, um, uh, so I'm just sort of like dealing with uh, logistics, which helps that time for me. It helps me to have something to do. Like, okay, I've got to make sure we go through the protocol of the gun, and then I'm and then I make sure it's secure in there, and then I place it the correct way, and then start closing up jackets and straightening ties and things, and so and checking my pockets, which I'm endlessly doing, and to be completely. Uh, forthcoming, I check the fly of my pants no fewer than 20 times. It is an endless need to have to feel the fly up. <laughs> I, I've often checked it as I'm walking out on stage. It's just like one more um, uh, peace of mind moment. Even though I've checked it 10 times or 15 times, I'm not kidding. I'm just, I'm constantly touching the top of that fly. And it's, uh, it's a, I don't know if it's a nervous habit or, or it's something that comforts me or something. I need to feel it up. <laughs> you know, and I'm not somebody who has the, the singer nightmare where you walk out there and you don't have your clothes on. You know, like some people have the I'm naked dream. Um, uh, I've never had the, I've never had the I'm naked uh, dream. And so it's not, it, it, you know, if your fly was down on stage, it's really not the end of the world, but it's something you are constantly checking. And if you look at the male singers, they're all. <laughs> They're all doing it. <laughs> oh, what a funny thing. Just all the all the male singers getting ready to go on checking their flies. I know the ladies have to wear all sorts of weird stuff. Um, they've got corsets and they've got, you know, all sorts of like controlling uh, undergarments and, and um, lots of uh, stockings and all these terrible things that I, that thank God we don't have to deal with. And so I, I I won't say that they have it easy, but there's um, there's something about the fly that really um, uh, gets in my head. And plenty of times in a in a period costume, the flies on the side. I mean the the zipper is on the slide. You can't really call it a fly, uh, but the zipper is on the side or even in the back sometimes. And and um, I I don't like those simply because you <laughs> you need uh, ten minutes to to try and use the bathroom quickly. But um, uh, yeah, the the <laughs> the fly is one of those things. And I know I'm not the only one. I see it. I see people doing it. Um, uh, living every day that I'm here has been um, its own unique challenge. Um, 
I'm much better on show day. Show day is my day. Um, uh, the days between are hard, and I'm and I'm uh, desperate to make a schedule and to stick to it, and and to exhaust myself physically, uh, so that I can sleep. Uh, I'm 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 trying to keep the the voices in my head quieter, <laughs> and uh, resorting to the old tricks to get that done. It's not. Uh, it's I don't think it's a game I'm ever going to win. It's just a game I have to continually play, and try and keep the advantage over. Um, and the exhausting myself is a big part of it, uh, going on humongous walks. But, you know, one of these things. Now, I'm in the Marais uh, area of, of Paris, and that's a very, it's on the edge of touristy. Um, there's there's plenty of people here, but it's not, it's very much less tourist area. Uh, but if you want to go walking um, in anywhere, if you want to be down the river, if you want to be walking towards uh, the beautiful downtown uh, center of, of Paris, you, you're going to be among the tourists and, and, um, that, uh, at some point I get a little nuts in that, um, I can't keep my walking pace. You know, if you're just walking, if I'm like stumble walking, I'll be exhausted in three blocks. But if I'm walking with uh, purpose at my own sort of exercise pace, I can walk all day. But the second it turns into stumble walk where you're constantly slowing down and waiting and slowing down and stopping and waiting and, and, um, you know, and I'm not trying to rush people, and I certainly don't want to be like, like you know, like New York style, plowing through everybody, um, disregarding other people's space. So um, the the walk is is uh, proving to be, um, you know, just another one of those things where you're like, uh, you need you need a plan. <laughs> I think tomorrow I'll go north. I'll stop. I, I like to walk along the river. It's beautiful. It's it's um it's the most fantastic place to people watch. And shocking, I'm always shocked by the number of smokers there are still. Um, the French really do love to smoke. It's, um, I'm not sure what it is, but, but everybody's doing it. It's, it's, um, it's, um, w- once you sort of pick up on it and you realize it, uh, it it's, it's surprising when you think about the rest of the world. You know, Think about being in the States. You just very rarely experience people smoking on the street. It's really not, it's not a thing. You know, they sort of have their smoker areas around buildings in Manhattan, but um, just sort of like walking behind people and, and, and um, having somebody smoke in front of you is very, it's kind of rare. But in Paris, it's nothing for you to be walking down the street and 10 people in front of you are currently smoking. And that, that walking cigarette doesn't really seem like that much fun. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine that walking and smoking is, is, uh, relaxing in any way, shape or form. But, uh, it, it's, it's funny, you know, so much of Europe has caught up. You can't, you know, there's no smoking indoors. Um, but, but I think the French really, really wish they could. <laughs> I don't know how you're just not scared of, of, um, lung cancer, you know, I don't, it, it's, uh, it's a funny thing, and and the vape stores are everywhere. You know, the the alternative smoke is is everywhere, and and people have picked up on that here. But uh, there's something very, um, I think it's I think it's a romantic feeling about Paris. These these open cafes, people sitting outside and enjoying their drinks and their cigarettes, and and uh, people watching. There's no finer place in the world for that exact uh, behavior, and and. Um, uh, the people love it. It really is there. That's what's going on. You know, if you're wondering what people do in Paris, they sit in cafes and smoke and drink and, and look at the world. And there's something to it. Um, uh, I, I think it gives a lot of people who have jobs they might not love 
um, you know, peace and, and something to look forward to in the day. Anyway, we got a lot of shows left to go here. Four, tonight's four of 13. Um, I'm trying to utilize my days off. Uh, you know, get up, get busy, get tired, uh, rinse and repeat. Um, um, just trying to distract myself with, uh, with positive things. One of which is my lovely podcast here. And I do notice, God damn, there's a lot of podcasts out there now. Uh, I don't know where, where, when and where people decide on what they're going to listen to. And, and I think, um, I think I just, I'm not trying to focus on, on bringing more uh, listeners, although I do, I do attract more listeners all the time, but it's a, that's a slow growth. Uh, I think what I focus on is just, uh, keeping the lovely listeners that I have and I do appreciate it. And, uh, I see all the check-ins from all over the world and that's, that's a, a lot of fun for me. And, 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 you know, it's, um, a new phenomenon, but, but people bring it up at the stage door now, you know, after the show and you're taking a few pictures and signing a few things and I, and I, have uh, people come up to me and say, oh my, I love the podcast and I listen and I check in on Thursday and I check in on Monday and, uh, you know, just love it. And thanks for being so candid. And, um, that's really a lot of fun that this has turned into a, um, kind of a major aspect of, of my, um, my extended, uh, career here. It's not just, uh, singing songs and, and going home. Like there's, there's this other part of it that sort of continues, uh, through the week. And I feel, I feel lucky to have it and, and, and enjoy doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, when when uh, COVID is better, we're, we'll have a lot more friends up here. Um, you know, I've had two or three prospects since I've been here. People were like, "Oh, I'd love to come up and do it," and and we sort of start to talk about it. And then I just get nervous about having somebody, you know, sitting two feet from me uh, for a couple hours. I just I, n- nothing's more important than getting to the show. And so there's no social thing that I'm going to do that's going to get in the way of um, of the show. That's just. Um, the current reality, and it's getting better. And I see in New York that it's getting better every day. It seemed the the cases seem to be dropping, and and the indoor mask mandates going away. And the states are getting much better. And and France is probably only a couple of weeks behind that very thing. And so, um, you know, as things get looser, probably so will my paranoia, and I can get myself to the gym. Oh man, I love you for listening. Show number four tonight in Paris. Uh, This is the CVH Podcast, episode 130-something. I love you for listening. Everybody have a great week, and, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, bye. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Can't you see that I am not afraid? What was that promise that you made? Why won't you tell me what she said? What was that promise that you made? Now I'm gonna love you Till the heavens stop the rain I'm gonna love you Till the stars fall from the sky For you and I Come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Can't you see that I am not afraid? 
was that run.